I've got a billet doux, which is mm. pretty full. And I've got a... T- no, no, I can't say that. That's horrible. Um, oh, you'll just have to find out what I've got. Welcome to Date Fight. It's a podcast where we take great things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have layered the lasagna sheets of history with the bechamel sauce of entertainment and are presenting the resultant not entirely proper lasagna to our judge this week. It's Julia Rayside. Oh, I am so hungry now. I wasn't hungry (laughs) until you literally finished describing that. Do you make a good lasagna? I want it. I find it really hard to uh, get behind someone who tortured me with uh, food fantasies like that, Julia. I don't know about you. (laughs) I find it very hard to give them any kind of support. It's all right. I'm about to take the light-hearted, jolly nature of this podcast and take it somewhere utterly unpleasant. Oh, great. Oh, But then it's going to be one of those unimpeachable ones that you can't not vote for because it's so awful. (laughs) It's just um, a misfire, generally. Fine, I'll let it go. I'm going to go to the 16th of June, 1883, when in Sunderland, Mr and Mrs Fay put on a variety show for children at the local theatre. Children were priced one pence each. Parents were priced at three pence each. Uh, it was called the greatest treat for children ever given, including conjuring, talking waxworks, living marionettes and the great ghost. Uh, certain tickets won prizes on the exit, so every ticket had a chance to win a prize. But as the parents' tickets were more expensive, most people just bought their children tickets and sent them in, so most children were in there unattended. At the end of the show, they said that certain tickets were going to win prizes, and on exit, the children would be given prizes, and entertainers started giving prizes from the stage to the people in the stalls. Unfortunately, there were 1,100 children sitting in the gallery who wanted the prizes that were being given out to the children in the stalls and couldn't reach them. So they all started to crush downstairs. There was a surge to the staircase, which had been blocked off to make sure that their people didn't go out too quickly so they could check all the tickets to see who should have won a prize. Um, At the bottom of the staircase, there was only room for enough for one child to exit at a time. Um, There were no adults up there, so essentially the children started surging and were all trapped. The adults tried to open the door from the outside, but it was bolted from on the children's side. Um, Frederick Graham, the caretaker, ran up uh, a different staircase and diverted 600 children out through another exit. Uh, One adult was pulling children through and another man worked the door off its hinges. However, um, one of the children who was there said, Soon we were most uncomfortably packed but still going down. Suddenly I felt that I was treading upon someone lying on the stairs and I cried in horror to those behind, Keep back! Keep back! There's someone down. It was no use. I passed slowly over and onwards with the mass and before long I passed over others without emotion. And as a result of that, 183 children died uh, that day and William McGonagall, worst poet of all time, wrote a poem about it. Greatest poet. Yes. Sorry. Uh, that's the reason, however, why emergency exits open outwards. It was the result of that that public entertainment venues had to have outward opening emergency exits and why we have push bar emergency exit doors. And that's my event for the 16th of June of all time. Jake. Sometimes this podcast is like comparing the worst comedy night. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, come back on after that. Bring the ring back. Bring the ring back, please. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Hey, 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 hey! (laughs) Flipping heck. Okay, well, I think I've definitely... uh, You've definitely got everyone in the mood for my one. So I've got the 16th of June, 1904. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Julia, are you a fan of literature at all? Do you like the literature? Um, yeah, sometimes it's a bit sad. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, James Joyce, fan, fan, fan of... Oh, uh... heck no, no, I think he's absolutely no. awful. 
No, right, exactly. Me too. Uh, anyone? No, 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 genuinely, not a fan of his writing. Uh, apart from the first line of Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, where he says, yeah. when you wet the bed, first it's warm and then it gets cold. I always thought that was very good. Just factually correct. But I'm not here to talk about his published literature. I'm here to talk about a relationship he begins mm. today uh, in 1904 with Nora Barnacle. <laughs> a woman who should be celebrated. <laughs> She's not a barnacle. It's not Nora the barnacle. It's Nora Barnacle. Uh, he uses this date to set the actions for his novel Ulysses. Uh, this is known as Bloomsday. Oh. Uh, it should be called something else, I suspect. I don't know if you've ever read any of James Joyce's love letters mm -hmm. to Nora Barnacle, but they are magnificent. <laughs> Um, I shall Are read, you gonna read some me now. One now. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I'm going to read them. and then, Do I read them and then edit them? This is so much work to edit. You're going to have to do this voice. I've got oh, you have to do I've an amusing accent. Wait, I've got the horn. I've got the horn. I've yeah. got the horn. There we go. <laughs> Before you read it, you've got the horn. We all have <laughs> now. Horn. And we're you we're too. all sliding off our chairs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My sweet little Nora. I did as you told me, you dirty little girl, and myself off twice when I read your letter. I'm delighted to see that you do like being... ways. Yes, now I remember that night when I... for you for so long backwards. It was the dirtiest I ever gave you, darling. My... was stuck up in you for hours. In and out under your upturned... I felt your fat, sweaty under my belly and saw your flushed face and mad eyes. At every I gave you, your shameless tongue came bursting out through your lips. And if I gave you a bigger, stronger than usual, fat, dirty came spluttering out of your... You had a full of that night, darling, and I them out of you. Big, fat fellows, long, windy ones, quick little merry cracks... And a lot of tiny little naughty ending in a long from your... Your sincerely, James Joyce. Yes, all the best. <laughs> your grace. Yeah, love to family. <laughs> the birthdays of the death days. Happy birthday to Tubak Shakur, the rapper and actor who sold 75 million records. Happy birthday to, to Eileen Atkins, who we remember as an actor but tend to forget she wrote Upstairs, Downstairs and she wrote uh, The House of Elliot and Mrs Dalloway. Happy birthday, not so happy birthday, but it is the birthday of Enoch Powell, who everyone goes on, oh, he was a classical scholar, you know, classical scholar. Yes, he said, you remember that speech? He said, like the Roman, I see the Tiber foaming with blood. Well, it wasn't a Roman, was it? For a classical scholar, get it right. Aeneas is Trojan. Yeah, mm, idiot. Happy death day to... <laughs> it wasn't even him who saw it, it was the Sybil, who's Greek. Um, happy death day to... Uh, not happy death day, sad death day to uh, Joe Cox, who was uh, killed in 2016 and whose death heralded the beginning of the culture war and rise of the far right that has seen us so... everything be so exciting for the last four years. Happy death day too to Screaming Lord Such, the who headed the official monster-raving loony party and had the record for losing elections, losing 40 in a row between 1963 and 1997, although Nigel Farage is catching up quite quickly. Happy death day too to Bramwell Booth, he was the second general of the Salvation Army. He took over when his father died, uh, leading to accusations of nepotism in the Salvation Army, uh, which led to him firing most of the people who were in the Salvation Army. Uh, he also wrote a book called 19 Reasons for Vegetarianism um, and was kicked out of his position in the Salvation Army when all of the people he defended got their revenge when he got ill in 1928 and kicked him out. 
that's the birthdays and the death days. Okay. Julia. Uh, Julia, did you... I'm going to leave it to you. I'm just going to shut my mouth. <laughs> Hello? Did, did you want to ask me something? or No. no. <laughs> Never asked that question. No, I don't, I don't think I did. I, I is, mean, is, I, there, I did, is there something you wanted to know from me at this point? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it going to surprise me or is it... <laughs> I don't know. Ask the question. <laughs> Uh, what's your verdict, Julia? Dead kids. Dead kids. I want Thanks. the dead kids. Yep. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just don't think All you've right. quite struck the balance between utter tragedy and whatever else that was in this podcast. Oh, I, think, I don't think it's you know, quite there. I think, I think today is my role the, in this podcast. Uh, utter episode. tragedy is... <laughs> This is perhaps the platonic ideal of our episodes, <laughs> as we handbrake turn between a massive tragedy and honking farty sexy noises. <laughs> <laughs> that is this podcast in a nutshell. Thank you all for listening. I'm gonna have yes. a bath. Thanks. Yes. I yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just yeah. Thanks for being part of the show. Crying for the <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Julia. Yes, I appreciate so it. Do check out her podcast, mm. Box of Delight. Yes. And always, always there. there. It's always there, right? Always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that. Yes. Um, yes. Suddenly, you know when you suddenly doubt yourself? No. Um, <laughs> no, but something. maybe one day oh, you'll know up. what that feels like. Screw you. Fine. <laughs> All right. Great. This has been a lot of fun. Goodbye forever. Bye. <laughs>